depth of your love you are beautiful beyond description majesty enthroned above you are beautiful beyond description to marvelous forward to wonderful for comprehension like nothing ever seen or heard who can grasp your infinite wisdom who can fathom the depth of your love you are beautiful beyond description majesty I stand, I stand in love you. I stand, I stand in love you. Holy God, to all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand. I stand in love of you, holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in Have your way, Holy Spirit. Good morning, good morning, good morning, wise who wore. How many of us is asking the Lord to have his way this morning? That we stand in awe of him. I stand in awe of the Lord this morning. Is there anybody else that rose this morning to give God glory? Go on and give him some glory this morning because he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. I am Serena Perkins Arrow. I have the pleasure of sitting in for our founder, Denise Smith. I am honored to be in this place and to be in this space with each and every one of you. 
on this Wednesday morning. Today, we are going to touch bases on trusting God through our trials. How many of us have experienced trials or is either living in a real trial at the moment? Um, our scripture this morning is going to come from James chapter 1, verses 1 through, I mean, 2 through 4. It reads, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be able to mature and complete, not lacking anything. Again, not lacking anything. I want to ask you, is your relationship with God a commitment or an emotional high? Are you committed to following God no matter what happens in your journey as Christ was committed to dying for you? Or do you just enjoy the emotions that come with your favorite worship song? Ouch. I know that hurt it. Talk to me. Is your commitment an emotional high or have you committed to serving God because of who he is? Will your response to the trials that you face be a response that stems from emotion or from commitment? I'm going to ask you today, ladies, where's your commitment? Have you made a commitment to God? We must commit to God. Make the decision right now to commit your life to Christ, regardless of what situation you find yourself in. No matter what situation comes your way. Make your mind up today that I am going to be committed to God regardless on what my situation looks like. Through every mountain and every valley, make that decision to commit to God will not be dictated by your circumstances. Let me say that again. Through every mountain and every valley, make the decision that your commitment to God will not be dictated by your circumstances. God never promises us that we will live a trial-free life, but he does promise to be with us and never to forsake us, even through the trials. Can you feel God's presence with you while you're in the trial? In 2 Timothy 4 and 7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In other words, Paul was committed. Are you committed are you keeping the faith? Are you moving towards the mark of the higher calling? Are you seeking God's face every day, even in the trial? It's not about our emotions, ladies. It's about commitment. So be committed to God. Run the race to the end and keep your eyes on the prize because heaven is your home. Heaven is your home. When we revisit James 1, verses two through four, we see that the first thing that the passage teaches us is to consider trials joy. <laughs> Why? <clears throat> Simply put, we must go through trials in order to grow. We can't grow if we don't grow through go through anything. So you're going to have to go through in order to grow. In order for us to become mature and complete in our faith, we must grow through moments that check our faith. Have your faith been checked? Have it been tested? Has it been tried? And have it been proven? 
if nothing tests our faith, how would we be able to strengthen it? I'm a woman of great faith. I like to believe so anyway. But I got to be honest with you guys that the Lord has checked me and said, yeah, 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 daughter. I know you got good faith. I, I, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith, but you got room to grow. So I'm going to put you through something. I know you're not welcoming it, but I'm going to put you through something. And I'm going to help build your faith. Are you willing to allow God to put you through something in order for your, your faith to be increased? Say it, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith, Lord God. Your trials are part of the path that leads to God's promises. In order to be used by God in incredible ways, we must know that he must know that you are committed, even on the bad days. How can God use us if we're not committed? How can he use us if, he, if we're going to flake out on him? He wants to use you. He wants to use me for incredible things in this world, in this earth realm. Are we allowing him to be able to do so by allowing him to develop faith and character inside of us? I want you to see Genesis 22. Abraham was called to sacrifice his own son, but after his display of commitment and obedience, it wasn't just his commitment, but his commitment and his obedience to God, a ram was provided to be sacrificed instead. Take a look, Genesis 22, nine and 13, it reads, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took a knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there was a ticket. He saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Can I ask you today, will you trust God with the promise that he gave you? Will you give it back to him if he calls for you to give it back? Will you give him back the marriage? Will you give him back the kids? Will you give him back the ministry? Will you give him back the career? If he says, I need that back, can you trust him? Do you trust him to provide a ram in the bush? God is faithful, you guys. Will you remain committed even if he tells you to sacrifice the very thing that you know you know, you know, he gave you. Abraham know that God blessed him with the son. I want you to take note that not only did God call him to take his son to sacrifice him, but we see in Genesis 22 in the verses 9 through 13 that he actually went through the process. It wasn't a just, okay, Lord, I hear you and I'm going to do it. It required him to take actions. And God allowed him to take the actions that look like devastation on the other end. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit, I hear you. Sometimes God is going to call us to do and to surrender some things that look like death to us, but is life on the other end. 
There's redemption on the other end. There's a ram in the bush if you only obey. Obey, my sis. Whatever God is calling you to do in this season, obey. Obey and stay committed to God. He is faithful. I bless your holy name. In Romans 8, 18, I consider, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy of comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Our present suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, in me, in you, in your husband, through your marriage, in your family, with your children, at your job, sis. The glory that will be revealed. The suffering is not even worth comparing it to. The word of God is true. It's alive and it's well. Do you hear what the Lord is saying? Hold on to this promise. Hold on to his word. In those trials, we're going to need to call this word back up. We're going to have to remember it. We're going to have to remind ourselves of God's word and what he says. Because the enemy is whispering. Sometimes he's yelling in our ear. Who are you listening to? Here's one thing about trials. Not every trial sends you to the rock bottom, but every trial, every time you at rock bottom, it's because of a trial. Hmm. Sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom in order for Jesus to show you that he is the rock at the bottom. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. Sometimes it takes us hitting rock bottom to recognize who God really is. Ladies, I've learned in this life that sometimes it's because of us that we end up at rock bottom because we're either too prideful, too bitter, too busy, too preoccupied or too disturbed to keep our eye on Christ, to know that that is what he wants us to do is to know that he is the rock, to acknowledge that he is the rock. It's when you build your life on him that nothing can be shaken. Are you building your life on the rock, the cornerstone? Jesus Christ alone is the cornerstone. God is saying, even when you may not understand what I'm doing, in this restoring process, just trust me. Trust God today. He is faithful. How many know? For there to be a restoration process to go in, to grow in, there must first be something we need to be restored from. Like trials. Anybody? What does the restoration process look like? Well, I'm glad that you asked. It's a series of choices. One, we choose to worship instead of worrying. Yeah, you're going to have to worship. Yeah, I know. It's hard. It hurts. You find yourself in a place of pain and confusion. Sometimes often abandonment and rejection. All of these emotions are attached to you, likely in the season of a trial. But press your way through, sis. Choose to worship God. He's worthy. And worship breaks the back of the enemy. Slay them enemies with your worship. Bless them in spite of. 
too. We choose to pray instead of panic. Yeah. You didn't like what you just heard. Yep. It's contrary to what God has told you and shown you. But we're not going to panic. We're going to pray. We're going to pull out the word of God. We're going to lay our hearts petitions before the king, the master of this universe. We are going to give our cares to him. We're going to tell it all. We're not going to go run and talk to our sisters, our husbands, our friends, our parents. We're going to go talk to Jesus. Because that's where he wants us, in his presence. Pouring our hearts out to him. Reminding him of his word. Letting him know our true feelings of exactly how we feel. We could be transparent with God. You don't have to be superficial. He's not asking for you to be superficial. He ain't asking you to be elaborate in your words. Sometimes you may not even be able to say a word, but remember that the word tells us that the Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf, even the groanings that can't be uttered. So yes, sis, that prayer and that worship may even come with a groan or a moan. Maybe it's just a tear. God hears and he's there and he's faithful. Number three, we choose to operate in faith instead of fear. In our trials, all kind of fear may shoot up. All kind of false realities may begin to present themselves. You have to know who you serve. You have to know, Lord, give me the faith. Who's the author of your faith? Who's the finisher of your faith? Jesus Christ. You need more faith? Ask him for it. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I, I, I am a woman of great faith. Women of God, I often ask God to help my unbelief, to increase my faith. As long as I'm here on earth, I'm going to have room to grow in my faith. As long as I'm faced with the day that can present trials and tribulations, I have room to grow. So when our world is crashing down around us, we stop and we talk to the one who created the world. Hmm. <laughs> Again, when your world is crashing down around you, stop and talk to the one who created the world. Include the Holy Spirit. He's our helper. He's our teacher. He's our strength. I want to challenge you to look at your trials as a spiritual workout. The truth is, is it may be very difficult during the workout, but once you make it through, you will be glad that you stuck it out. Think about it for a moment. Have anybody here ever decided, I'm going to start going to the gym? Yeah, we all excited. We get there. We go to the gym. After that first day, you come home, sis. You know that next day you wake up, you sore. You hurting. The muscles is saying, what have you done to me? But if you don't go back to the gym, that tenderness will last a little longer than what it normally would. And it will act as a discouragement to prevent you from returning back to the gym. But if you continue and you face that soreness the next day and you go back to that gym and you work out with them sore muscles, you'll see that even by the end of that day, you'll start to feel better. You'll see that by the next day, that workout begins to benefit you. So, in the trials, 
that we go through. It's a spiritual workout. The truth of it is, is if you give in the first day because it's a little tough and it's going to wore you out a little bit, you're going to face defeat. If you stand the course, if you read your word and if you worship through the trials and if you stand your ground and you do not allow fear to come in, but you build your faith in the one who deserves it, the one who is carrying you through, the one who is developing you, the one who have purpose for you on the other end of the trial, you'll succeed. You'll feel good. You'll make it. You'll overcome. Sis, hang in there. Your trial is a spiritual workout for you spiritually to be mature. Is not to kill you, is not to hurt you, is to develop you. God keeps telling us it is not to hurt us, it's to develop us. God is working out all the foul and ungodly things inside of us. Yes, say sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, we got some foul and ungodly things still deep rooted inside of us that the Lord wants to remove. Can I get an amen? The pressure isn't to break us, but to build us. Again, the pressure isn't to break us, but to build us. I can honestly say that I wouldn't be anywhere near the spiritual warrior I am today if I hadn't, if God hadn't taken me through some trials, y'all. I'm in a trial right now. But look at the trial that I'm in right now and the development of me being obedient and committed to God, moving forward in the things that he's called me to do. I'm now living and operating inside of my purpose. Don't miss your purposes. The trial is to develop you. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will, that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. My crown gonna last forever. Sis, go after your crown that is an everlasting crown. Stick to it. It's stick train. It, it is very, very strict training. Yes. Train yourself to put that flesh under submission to the will of God. Train yourself to speak only life and not death. Train yourself to be obedient when the enemy is whispering temptations in your ear. Train yourself to stay steadfast in the trials, knowing that they are coming to build you, not to break you. Run to get the prize. Persevere through the trials of life. You're not alone. Jesus is with you. Training for holiness is found in your trials. Hey, training for holiness 
is found in your trials. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to train you for holiness? This is a real thing, y'all. God ain't coming to play. Can I just stop and pause right here that time is running short. I don't know if anybody else realized, but today is July 12th and yesterday was just January 1st. I remember just saying Happy New Year yesterday. It seemed like it was just yesterday. Ladies, we are in fast forward. Time is waiting for no one. What have you done for the kingdom of God this year? Come on, let's talk about it. What are you doing for the kingdom of God right now? Or are you so consumed in your trial that you're not moving to progress the kingdom of God forward? We have to remember this race is not about us. It's about how many we can get over into glory now that we've already crossed over and gotten it. Are you committed to God? Are you committed to the call that he have on your life? Are you willing to do the work? Showing up every week, Monday through Friday here is good. God bless you. We, we honor you guys for coming. We bless y'all. God is doing a work here. But sis, can I just be honest? When we get off this line, what is you doing? What are you doing? What is your posture looking like? What is your heart looking like? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? How you living? What you really looking like, sis? God says, heart check. He says, I want to make you holy. I'm trying to make you look like me. I want the aroma of me to come off of you when you walk in the room. I want people to see me when you enter into my space, into a space. I want them to know that you mind even when they don't know me. I want to know that I want them to know that there's something special about you. They may not know. Them people in the world may say, I don't know. It's something about you that I like. It's something about that girl over there. Let it be you. Let it be the Holy Spirit raining on you. He's good like that, y'all. He's good like that. So I stop and I interrupt my own lesson today to ask you what you're looking like. God needs us to rise up. He needs us to put on the clothes of holiness and righteousness. He wants us to walk and to live in the power, the true anointing that he comes to give us. The church is not dead. The church is not tapped into the true power of God. Are you willing to allow him to manifest the power through you? I am. I say, Lord, I am committed to you today. Lord, I commit my life to you. I commit my ways to you. I commit my desires to you. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done in my life. Ooh, I bless your holy name. First Timothy 6 and 12, it says, fight the fight, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Three things that trials produce. I hope you take your notes, ladies. Three things that trials produce. One is faith. You need some faith? Here come a trial. 
God want to develop something in you? Here come a trial. Two, endurance. Our faith produces endurance. You're able to withstand the heat. You may be in the furnaces, but you won't come out smelling like smoke so long as you keep connected to the source. Now, you're going to come out smelling like smoke and the evidence of being in the furnace if you take your eyes off of Christ. If you take your eyes off of Christ and put it on your circumstance or your situation or even on yourself, you will smell like smoke. You're going to come out with evidence that you've been in the fire. The only way you come out unscathed is to keep with the master. Keep with the master. Three, our trials produce focus. Focus. When you are in a trial, you are now zoned in on the problem. Either you're zoned in on the problem or you're going to be either zoned in on the solution or the problem solver, should I say. So focus on the resolution, focus on the master, focus on God, the one who is developing your faith, the one who is giving you the opportunity to endure so that you can prove yourself faithful the one that is causing you to go through the trial so that you could be focused on heavenly things and not earthly things. Focus. God teaches us how to respond and to grow through trials because he knows trials are coming. In John 16, 33, he says, it tells us, you don't want your trials to define you. You don't want your trials to define you. The way that we respond to trials is what defines us. How's your trial defining you? Do you look a mess or do you look at peace? Is God glowing you up in your trial or are you blowing yourself up in your trial? Question. We must shift our focus and change our perspective. Shift your focus off of the problem and on the problem solver. Maybe God won't move the mountain that's in front of you, but he'll give you the strength to climb it. God has given me the strength to climb it. This mountain has not moved and I've asked him. I'm, I'm sure you have asked him, Lord, please take this cup from me. Lord, why must I go through this? Lord, please remove this. Lord, please don't let this be. And you find that it is still there. It's not because God didn't hear you. Is not because he don't care. It's because he's developing you and he's teaching you how to climb. Climb that mountain with a good attitude. Stop complaining. Shift your perspective. Not only shift your focus, but we have to shift our perspective. Shift our mindset. It's in the process of climbing a mountain that he teaches us teaches you to mold and mold you into exactly what he created you to be. You want to be what God created you to be, allow him to mold you in the climbing process, going through the trial, going through the 
situation that you're in, not staying there, not being bitter while you're there, not complaining while you're there, but changing your perspective, saying, Lord, okay, not my will, but your will. I don't like it. I'm honest. I'm, I'm a transparent person. I, I don't keep, I keep it real with him and he keep it real with me. But I'm like, Lord, why? This ain't even, This I did not do anything to deserve to be here. So what is this? Wait a minute. I'm going to need you to help me get through this. I'm going to need you to come on up in here because I'm not understanding this, but Lord, I'm, I'm giving this back to you. I'm going to need you to, to shift my perspective. I'm going to need you to help me understand while I'm here. And if I don't understand why I'm here, I'm going to need you to get me through this so that I can get to the next step. Because one thing for sure is if you don't get the lessons, you're going to go back through it. I'm tired of being on the merry-go-round. I don't tell the Lord, let me off. Anybody willing to tell the Lord, let you off the merry-go-round? No more. I'm not going around another time. I have purpose and destiny waiting for me ahead. It's not in the circle. It's ahead. It's up. Amen. There are things that value would teach us that we could never, ever, ever learn at the mountaintop. How many know that? Some of our greatest lessons is taught when we are in the valley when we're going through and some of the greatest lessons ladies is about us i know i know self-check god wants us to look at ourselves. we have to look within we have to check what's inside of us first we can't change anybody we can't make anybody do anything all we can do is change ourselves and make ourselves line up with the will of God. So check yourself. So I challenge you to focus on your response today because many times that's the only thing that we can control. Focus on responding in a way that brings glory to Jesus. Remember, it's in your trials when the most eyes are on you. Be sure to show Jesus in every response you are being watched. It's in our trials that people are watching. They want to see how you're responding. Yeah, you say you say. You say you sanctify. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let me see how you're dealing with this. So are you taking these issues to your family members complaining? Are you complaining about your husband and your children and your job to other folks? Are you being half empty instead of half full? The Lord wants us to be pure. He wants us to shift our perspective. He wants us to be developed. So remember again, it's in your trials that the eyes are on you. How are you showing up? And are you allowing people to see Jesus on you? Can they see him? Can they smell him? Can they feel him in your presence? We are oftentimes and most likely for a lot of people will be the only Jesus that they will ever see. How are you representing your Lord? The one thing that speaks to the goodness of God is his children still honoring him in times of tribulation. God looks to see who's going to honor him in times of tribulation. Are you one 
that is willing to offer God praise and glory in the times of tribulation because it honors him. He's like, that's my daughter. Yes, look, yep. Mm -hmm. Just like he allowed the enemy to inflict things on Job. He says, yep, but you can't take his life. I'm going to sit back. I can only, in my imagination, my Holy Ghost imagination, could see God sitting in heaven and seeing the enemy, the devil afflict Job with all of the things, with killing his family and his, his wives and taking all of his livestock and all of his, all of his possessions and inflicting his bodies with boils and, and illness. I could just only see him saying, yep, I bet you he going to bow now. I bet you he going to curse you now. I bet you he going to walk away now. And God sitting in heaven saying, yep, go ahead on, because I know my child. Yep, you can inflict them. Yep, that too. That too won't determine. That too won't determine. Can God say that about you? Can he sit back and say, yep, that's all right. You can inflict her. She won't turn from me. Her faith is solid. She going to stand. She going to believe. She won't walk away. Sis, I encourage you today, get that type of faith. Let God count on you in the midst of the trial. Let him be able to call on you to give back what he gave you. Yes, he's giving you those children. And now they're grown and they think they're grown and they're out wilding out anyhow, doing what they want. Totally the opposite of what you raised them. Give them back to God. Lay them at his feet and trust that he's going to take care of them. There's nothing too hard for him. That wayward husband, that prodigal husband, give them back to God. Lay them at his feet. You know that God told you that that was your husband. I know that God told me that that was my husband. But you know what? I trust him. He said, give him back. Lay him at my feet. Let me do what I'm going to do. And I take my hands off and I lay him at his feet. And I say, Lord, I love my husband and I love being married, but not my will, but your will be done in my life. And I move forward and I keep my eyes on the prize and I don't look at the hurt and I don't look at the pain. I don't look at the betrayal. I look at Jesus and it's promised to restore because God is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. So I stand on his word and I encourage you today to stand on God's word. He is faithful. He's faithful, you guys. Remind yourself and God of his word. Ask God to help you to respond in a way that glorifies him. Sometimes we don't know how. It's okay to ask him how. He is eager. The Holy Spirit is eager to help you. Ask him. Lord, I know that your word says that you're working all things for my good. And you said that you work things out for those who love you. And Lord, I love you. So I know that this too is working for my good. Lord, help me to remember that during this season. Ask him, tell him. God hears and he's answering. We can learn so much from Jesus' life and his ministry. Jesus certainly went through some trials. Let's look at how he carried himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just moments before the biggest trial of his life began. Jesus knew that his betrayal and his arrest was coming. 
in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46, it says, we see that Jesus prays to the Father three separate times, and he asks God to allow the cup of suffering to pass him. But nevertheless, not his will, but for the Father's will to be done. We see Jesus fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Two main takeaways from this passage. Prayer is extremely, extremely important. And two, God's will is more important than your will or your desires. One, prayer is extremely important. And two, God's perfect will is more important than your desires or your wants. Jesus knew that he was being betrayed. He knew that it was his time to die. He already knew it and he still went. He didn't complain. He didn't get bitter. He didn't regret. He didn't retreat. Glory be unto God. He kept to the course. Will you stick to the course? Will you stick to the plan? Jesus wasn't thrilled about being beaten and hung on a cross, but he put the Father's will above his own wants. Are you willing to put the Father's will above your very own wants. You won't be thrilled to go through trials either, but you are you willing to go through so that God can get the glory? Jesus was not thrilled, but he knew that God would get the glory on the other end. Are you willing to go through the trouble in marriage and stay and stand even when you want to walk away just so God can get the glory? Are you willing to stand in the gap for the wayward child? Because you know that the addiction got to break off of him because you standing in the gap and his word is true and you calling it out from heaven into earth and you calling those things in earth as it is in heaven. Are you the chain breaker? Are you the curse breaker? We learned yesterday. We heard yesterday. Break the curse. Are you willing to let God use you to break the curse? God is trying to do some wonderful, magnificent things, unheard of, unprecedented things here in the earth realm. The reason why they haven't already taken place, you guys, is because the church is not allowing him to be God. They're not expecting God type things to happen. Are we willing to let the God things happen? Open up your imagination that creator of heaven and earth and everything in it is at our beck and call. He has our ear. We have his ear, should I say, and he's listening. Jesus put our eternity above his life. Are you willing to put eternity with him above your earthly desires? We must surrender it all. We must surrender all of our will to God. 
So tell God, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Go on and type it in. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And mean it. Oftentimes, we may have to say that several times throughout the day. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And yeah, it's going to hurt because some things that you're going to really, really want. Some things that you're going to want to desire that you're going to have to let loose. You're going to have to cut the desire of wanting what hurts the Lord. Lord, whatever hurts you, let it hurt us. Let it break our heart. What breaks your heart, Lord God? Allow it to break our heart so that we don't hurt you. So let us respond to trials in the way that Jesus did. Respond with prayer. That's where our strength comes from. Talk to God about it. Jesus demonstrated the importance of God's will being done in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, we are to be imitators of Christ. We are imitators of Christ, ambassadors for the Lord King Jesus. What you looking like? What an incredible savior that we serve. There's no one like King Jesus. He is the best teacher. He is the best teacher. Let us pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for showing up like you do every single week, Lord God. We honor you. We thank you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord God, that you have come to set things in order for us, Lord God. You have come to give us life, Lord God. You have come to take us out of darkness. You have come to set the captives free. So, Lord, we thank you today that we've been set free. We thank you, Lord God, for your forgiveness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Lord God, we come now just humbly asking for forgiveness. We have sinned. We have come short of your glory. We have said things. We thought things. We've done things that was not pleasing in your sight, that didn't honor you and didn't glorify you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So, Lord, for that, we ask mercy. We ask that you would forgive us. We ask that you would help us, Lord God, to line up our lives, to be pleasing in your sight. Help us to get rid of those things that displeases you. Help us to get rid of those things that terminate our spirits and our souls, Lord God. Help us to look like you. Help us to be like you. Help us to respond like you. Help us to have faith like you. Lord God, you said not your will, but the Father's will to be done. So Lord, we stand here today and we ask, Lord, not our will, but your will be done in and through our lives, Lord God. We submit our desires. We submit our personal cares and and weights that we carry personally, Lord God, to you. And we ask, Lord God, that you would take it and do what only you can do with it, Lord God. Fix it, correct it, line it up, purge it, do whatever you got to do, but make us holy. Make us clean, Lord God. Make us like you, Lord God. We ask that we would endure throughout the trials, that you would give us the endurance that we need to persevere through the trials of life. 
Lord God, we thank you that trials will not take us out. We thank you, Lord God, that our trials will not stop us, that our trials will not overcome us, but that we will overcome every trial that comes before us, Lord God, that we will be conquerors, that we are more than conquerors in your word, Lord God. Through Christ Jesus, who strengthens us. So we thank you that you're our strength. We thank you that you're our way maker. And we thank you that we can give you even those things that you've asked us for, that you've given us, Lord God. Allow us in our heart to be able to surrender those things that you ask back of us. As Abraham surrendered his son back to you, Lord God, and you provided a ram in the bush. We thank you for providing rams in the bushes for us, Lord God, when there seems to be no way. Lord God, I thank you for covering us. I thank you for loving us enough to just meet us every morning, Lord God. I pray for each wife that is on the line today, Lord God. I pray that you will go and see about her, see about our husband, see about our family, see about our ministry, Lord God. See about her. Lord, heal us. I stand in the gap for every wife, Lord God. Heal us. Start with us. Lord God, we need a healing. If you don't heal us, we can't be healed. So Lord God, this world and this life has brought a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Lord, I ask that you would go and that you would do surgery, that you would go down inside of us into the deep crevices where the enemy has hid those things and that you would uproot them that you would purge us, Lord God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unholiness, all bitterness, all unforgiveness, Lord God. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord God. We need you. Lord, help us to forgive. Help us to forgive those that have trespassed and have hurt us. Lord, because we have hurt others. Forgive us. Forgive us for hurting those. They're your children. Lord, so God, we stand in the gap today and we ask that you would forgive us first for every time that we've hurt one of your children, every time we've disappointed you, every time we've let you down, every time we operated in disobedience. Have mercy. Forgive us. And then, Lord God, for every person and every offense that we've endured in this life, I ask that you would go down inside of us and start to heal. Heal us from the abuse. Heal us from the rejection. Heal us from the hurt. Heal us from whatever it is that the enemy has planted inside of us that came to hinder us from moving forward in the things that you have called us to move forward in. I ask now, Lord God, that you would heal us and that you would develop character in us, that you would draw us closer to you that you would not allow us to be focused on the things and the, and the substance around us, but that we will remain steadfast in your word. Lord God, recall your word. Allow us to get a desire <coughs> to read your word, to seek you in your word. Lord, give us a greater desire. Lord, you said that we can ask anything. And so long as it's your will, it should be done, Lord. It's your will that we should go closer to you. It's your will that we should know your promises. It's your will, Lord God. So, Lord, draw us closer to you. Give us greater revelation in your word. Allow us the desire to read your word, to spend time in your presence. Lord, we bless you and we thank you. Lord, who is man that you think of us? 
Lord, we thank you for thinking of us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for calling us not only your daughters, but your friend. Thank you for letting us in on the secret things of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that we would not be hindered. We would not be halted in our walk, but that we will move forward and that we will complete the God-given purpose that you had birthed for us, Lord God, before we were even planted in the wombs of our mothers. So we thank you that our purpose is coming forth, Lord God. We thank you that you've given us greater revelation and that you've given us greater faith. I thank you, Lord God, for this space and this time. Lord God, I lift the woman of the hour today to you, Lord God. I lift Denise. I thank you for healing her. I thank you for even moving in her life, Lord, and in her marriage. Lord God, this is a great ministry, a ministry that you have set in place, Lord God, that you have allowed the woman of God to birth. Lord God, I ask that you would send forth laborers now. Send forth laborers now to continue to bring forth the the benefits and the things that you have, Lord, the restored marriages, the healed women and men that will be the outcome from this ministry. Lord God, I thank you now for sending forth laborers. Lord God, I thank you for keeping the woman of God. I thank you for covering her marriage. I thank you for strengthening and fortifying her, Lord God, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Lord, and I realize that the attacks on the woman of God's life has been great in order for us to even sit in this space. So, Lord, I thank you that she's overcome every attack on her marriage. I thank you that she's overcome every obstacle that has come up against her to stop her from bringing forth this ministry. And I thank you, Lord God, that she has endured for seven long months getting up at 530 in the morning. Lord God, I bless you for a life. I bless you for life, Lord God. I thank you for Denise Smith's life. I thank you, Lord, that we can join in together as sister wives and support each other because that woman had a vision and she was obedient to your call. That she's walking and she's living in her purpose. So I thank you for her life today, Lord God. And I ask that you would go and that you would see about her business as she see about yours, that you would continue to cover her home, that you would continue to cover her husband, and that you would continue to cover her ministry and her businesses, Lord God. Keep her strong. Allow her to have a speedy recovery, Lord God, and allow her to be able to sup with you and to enjoy this spiritual rest as you have laid it out for her, Lord God, I bless you. And I thank you for healing for every wife on the line, Lord God, you know what we're dealing with and you know the elements that's come up against us. So for every wife that is dealing with any physical elements, Lord God, I pray now that and declare healing over them. I declare healing over our minds, healing over our souls, healing over our physical bodies, Lord God. And we thank you. We thank you because you said by your stripes, we are healed, Lord, not only physically, but mentally emotionally, Lord God. Thank you for healing hearts. Thank you for healing minds. Thank you for healing marriages. Thank you for healing homes. Thank you for healing our children. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. Thank you that you care enough to even hear us. Thank you. Lord God, you're a great God. You're a great God. I love you. There is none like you. There's none above you. There's none like you, Lord God, in the earth in the earth, above the earth, beneath the earth. You are the one and true, only wise living God. And we bless you for that alone. 
we bless you. So, Lord, be honored today. Be glorified. Go with us. Protect us and keep us, Lord, as we go our separate ways and as we go about this day. Lord, I ask that you would protect us with your hand of protection and that you would allow your travel and grace to go with us. Lord, most of all, I ask that you would allow your Holy Spirit to sup with us throughout the day, that you would not allow us to end this life, but never to end the presence, being in your presence, Lord God. So we thank you that your presence will remain with us and that we'll take note of your presence throughout the day. We won't just simply have you with us, but we'll acknowledge that you're with us. So thank you for giving us awareness of your presence on today. Lord, we bless you in Jesus Christ's name. We seal this prayer until we meet again. Be honored, Lord God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Ladies, 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 God has given us a lot today. May it be well with you. May you allow it to just sit, regurgitate it, replay it, whatever God has for you to do today. Allow your perspective to shift when it comes to trusting God through your trials. I pray that something that was said today would help you along your journey in dealing with your trials. We'll meet here tomorrow, same place, same time. Blessed be the Lord's will. Have a wonderful day, ladies.